Lionel Richie. Destiny. You are my destiny. And you know what your destiny is? To heal yourself sexually. Yes, A-teamers, it is time for Closet Conversations. And you know what I'm about to say. No one under the age of 18 should be tuned in. Shut the front door and open the closet so that we as adults can start talking about sexual healing. I'd like to welcome our guest today, who is um, a conscious sexuality practitioner, John T. Cyril. John T. Cyril has worked for over 25 years as a healer, therapist, and a teacher. And in the past, Last uh, 14 years, he has specialized in the field of conscious sexuality, expanding sexual experience and consciousness, and he creates a safe space for anyone choosing to walk through the doors. This is what we are talking about. Someone who is able to help both single people and couples with their sexual orientation through the processes that they require in order to heal, explore and expand and learn more about each other and ultimately themselves with gentleness and safe exploration. Thank you very much for joining us, Jonti. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I really do appreciate that. Let us start off by having an understanding of what conscious sexuality is okay so the definition of conscious sexuality that i work with is this it's to be fully present during sex so present means that you're in your mind you're in your body you're in your heart you're with yourself and you're with your partner you're not in some fantasies you're not at work you're not anywhere else other than being present and allowing whatever arises during sex to be there. So that means that sometimes sex brings up fear, sometimes it brings up rejection, sometimes it brings up loneliness, sometimes it brings up uncertainty, as well as love and tenderness and joy and happiness and excitement and all of those things. So it's allowing whatever it is to be there to be there. But John, you know, it sounds easy. But let's be very honest and frank. On an individual level, sex is difficult because taking off your clothes, um, having to trust someone else with your body and your, your, your emotions and your feelings. And then obviously the, the insecurities around body image and the likes, stresses around world issues and finances and kids and this and that. How... How do we then break through these many, many barriers to ensure that we just enjoy the process and the feeling when we are engaging in sex without all these other things that inhabit us? It's mm, a very good question. So essentially, we don't get any real education for pleasure. We don't get education how to be good lovers. Not only the sexual and sensual part of that, but intimacy and communication and how to be in a relationship. So we need to actually learn that. So having sex by itself, penetrative friction sex is easy. Anybody can do that and we kind of know how to do that. But the rest of it is, is something that we actually need to learn. So like everything else in life, you know, we go to school, we go to college, we go to university, um, we learn. We start working, we learn. And we keep learning. We get new computer programs, you know, during the lockdown, so many of us have to learn about Zoom and all sorts of other things. So we keep learning in life. 
and we need to do exactly the same thing with our sexuality as we need to learn. And we also need to understand that our sexuality is a lot more about ourselves than it is about our partners. So your body image is about you, not about the way somebody else looks at your body. Um, because as soon as it's about somebody else, we've given ourselves, we've given our power, we've given our strength to someone else. So if I'm confident within my body, which is an expression of my sensuality and my sexuality, then whatever you think about my body actually becomes secondary. So a lot of those external factors are about the judgment of someone else. And the more that we explore ourselves and heal ourselves and our own sexuality, the more it becomes about us, not someone else. I'm so glad that you've made mention that it starts with self. And when it starts with self, then it becomes a more beautiful journey. And after the break, I'd like us to talk about how this um, healing takes place. How does it work to heal such an intimate part of ourselves? A-teamers, we are speaking to conscious sexuality practitioner, Jonti. Perhaps you're at home and you are, you, you are thinking, I actually... I, I enjoy the thought of being intimate and having sex, but there are so many things that go through my mind during sexual intercourse that I end up not enjoying the act when it's actually being done. This is the time for you to call in or even send your voice note so that Jonty can be able to assist you with whatever you're struggling with. The number to dial is 0891-104-207 or you can WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391 and they are charged at 150. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Well, I'd like to remind you that you can call in. It seems our 0891 number is having a bit of issues because we see some of you calling in, but we can't hear you. So please do call us on this number, 011-714-4045. We are talking to a conscious sexuality practitioner, John T. Cyril, who um, runs Eros Life, and we are trying to understand how do we heal ourselves sexually so that we can get to a place where sex is not just one of those um, dreaded um, um, acts <laughs> or it's one of those acts that are perverse but is a healthy way of life. John T, thank you for staying with us and uh, I'd like you to take us through what happens during a healing uh, process. What, what is it that individuals and couples can expect when they go through this sexual healing process? Okay, so the way that we live and the way that we work and the way that we have sex and the way we love and the way we have relationships is out of a pattern. Our patterns are in our mind and in our body. So an easy way to understand that is every time you brush your teeth, you brush your teeth in the same way. You bark or shower, you wash in the same way, you eat in the same way. Most of us have sex in exactly the same way. We kiss in the same way, we touch in the same way. So a lot of our patterns are actually contractive and constricted. They're not about fulfillment and they're not about happiness. So the work that I do is about expanding the patterns that we have. And we need to understand that sex happens in the mind, it happens in the body, and it happens in the heart. So if we just talk about a lot of these things, 
not a lot is going to change. So, for example, if a woman is not having orgasms or struggling to have orgasms, as much as that might be happening in her mind and there are issues around that, a lot of that is happening in her body because the pattern of not having orgasms is locked in place in her body. So I work with, with body work, um, different kinds of touch, different kinds of massage, working with pressure points, teaching people to work with their own bodies and the heart and the mind. So the journey is, and it is a journey, it doesn't happen in five minutes because a lot of what has happened to us or where we've gotten to sexually has taken time. You know, we live in a very conservative country. We have a lot of, of sexual issues. We have incredibly high levels of, of sexual abuse. We have very little open and honest sex education. So we have a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment. So it takes time to work through all of these. And as I said, we need to work with the mind and with the body. So a lot of what I do comes from Eastern healing practices where they've studied sexuality for, for thousands of years. Um, and combining that with a lot of consciousness work and a lot of what happens in, in the Western world around sexuality. Hmm. Very, very interesting to incorporate the Eastern way of, of healing and the Western way of healing um, to make sure that one is healed, body, mind and heart in order to enjoy sexual pleasures. I think one of the things that also is, is a bit of a challenge is the fact that sex is quite a taboo subject. Sex is, as you have rightfully said, we are in a very conservative society, but sex is one of those things, even if you are having um, solo sex or masturbation, there's always elements of guilt. Even if a couple is having sex and they are married, there's an element of guilt. How, how do you work through that? Um, firstly, by looking at where those ideas come from and understanding that even though we've really kind of been conditioned to that, we can make choices that are about our own happiness and fulfillment and freedom of expression. And then through a lot of practices, because we learn and we change more through doing things than through thinking them and talking about them. So, for example, one of the most powerful tools to use in, in sexuality is our breath. So breath keeps you in your body, it keeps you more present, it keeps you thinking less and feeling more. When you can build up sexual energy in your body through different ways of touching, and you can use your breath to move that through your whole body, you're putting a different energy pattern into your body, you're flooding your body with pleasure chemicals, and when you combine that with a different perspective on pleasure, things start to change. So it's very much a process of, of, of thinking and of practicing, thinking and talking and doing and feeling. Um, let's allow our A-teamers to come on board. Uh, let me remind our A-teamers that uh, the number to dial is 011-714-4045. If you'd like to send a voice note, keep it short, sweet and precise, and you can send it to 0614-104-107. We've got Ngonde on the line. Ngonde, very warm welcome and good evening. Let's get started, If I hear you guess correctly, 
he says is conscious sexuality. Yes. Yes. Right. So, as I understand him, it would appear that he borrows from emotional intelligence. There's a big book about that written by a professor that you've got to be self-aware, right? In other words, you must be similar to an artist. When he draws, when he's on, when he's on a canvas um, drawing a picture, um, he's there, he's present, right? He's not thinking about finance, about this and this and this. He's present, all right? So, for you to be present, then, Patricia, um, you should be able to explore your partner, if I am correctly, right? Like your Dr. Maposa, something like that, Maposa, mentioned that there's only um, that, that, that about 15 um, sex points in a woman. I won't go to detail there. You, you would not know about those things if you don't present. And number two, if you're having a polygamous or you know, polyandry that we discussed yesterday. I cannot see one being conscious there with so many partners, right? Or if you're a philandra, you know, a man with lots of partners. Can your guest confirm to me that this relates to monogamous relationship? Patricia, good evening. Uh, before you go, Nonde, you, you were called Honorable Nonde. Because at some point on this show, you told us in your varsity years, you had over 30-something girlfriends. You that tell us, at, when, that, at that point. That, hold on, hold on, <laughs> yeah, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Yeah. That was when I was young, right? <laughs> Remember in Ephesians, Paul, in the Bible, talks about, <laughs> I speak, I understood, taught as a child, S-U-T, speak, uh-huh. understood, taught. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, allow me to ask me ask you the question, because the question was going here. When you were at that stage, were you conscious as you were having these relationships, or did none of them amount to sexual relationships? But, Shia, let me be honest <laughs> with you, right? And I, I think you know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. At that era, Patricia, I was objectifying women, uh-huh. right? They were like a trophy, you know, in a cabinet, right? The more I had the more I felt good about myself, which was a sign of immaturity. I with me. 100%, Nwande. 100%. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you so very much. Jonti, perhaps let's uh, respond to Nwande's uh, question. Okay, so I didn't hear everything very clearly. It's not a, a great line, but I will answer what I heard. Okay, so... um, I didn't really hear about all of the points in women, and I think... I think he said something like there are 15 pleasure points. There's a whole lot more, and it's actually limitless. Um, in terms of having different relationships, being polyamorous, being polygamous, exploring a lot of things, there's a very big difference between being kind of a philanderer and being consciously polyamorous. So when you are, if you choose to have relationships with more than one person, that can be an incredibly conscious experience. And one of the reasons that a lot of people explore polyamory or different ways of of relating sexually and emotionally is because it becomes a path of incredible personal growth. Uh, Your communication in those instances has to be incredibly clear and open. 
you have to be really in touch with your emotions. You have to learn to be incredibly vulnerable and to reveal yourself. Um, you're able to share different aspects of yourself with different people. So it actually becomes a journey of, of incredible consciousness when you do that. If you're in a relationship and you're just kind of having affairs and you're having sex behind each other's backs, essentially that's cheating. Um, and there's no consciousness in that. So mm. from my point of view, when people walk in my door, I make no judgment on what people do or don't do. My thing is, how can I help you have the best experiences and the most fulfilling relationships that you can? And along the way, as we explore consciously, we learn to see what expands us and what contracts us, what opens us, what helps us feel more connected to the divine, to the expression of, of God, Goddess, Spirit, whatever you call that. Um, that expresses itself through us. How do we do that in a way with the most openness and the most authenticity? I've got a Chris on the line and a warm welcome and good evening to you, Chris. How are you? Good, thank you, Chris. How are you doing? I'm well, man. I, I forgot the name of the guest. Who's John the John T. John T. Yes. Yeah, man, I, I, I got a problem. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small question. I just want to, to get a response from, from you. Yeah, I take it as a specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, look, John T, <clears throat> this is a situation. I, 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 I have a girlfriend, eh? and then what yeah. happened is that uh, I, I, I made it, uh, some terrible mistakes. I cheated. Yes, then. I cheated on my girlfriend, and she found out that I cheated with uh, uh, some two people or two girls that she knows them. And then uh, I, I cheated, and then she knew that I did uh, that mistake with these two girls that they even stay in the same area with her. So now uh, she says to me that uh, she no longer has any sexual attractions to me, but she loves me. And then uh, now, but, 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 but now he's uh, far away from me and everything. So I'm asking uh, whether me and you, can we still continue the relationship? You see, but, you know, I, I no longer have sexual feelings for you because you've done one, two, three. But she still thinks that she loves me. So I want to understand, <laughs> is it possible? Because I know I'm not denying anything. I cheated. I made a terrible mistake. But uh, she, 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 she recently told me that, no, you know, I, I was... Unable to tell you this, but today I must tell you, I I I can no longer do this with you. I no longer feel you. Uh, how possible is that? Uh, can, can I just be answered? There? All oh, right, uh, Chris, um, listen on the line, and John will definitely yeah. respond. Yeah, I want to listen to the line. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, it's a great question, actually, and it really explains a lot of things. So I'm going to make a generalized statement here. Men are better at compartmentalizing sex and emotion. For women, sex and emotion are much more closely linked. They are the same for men, but men have just learned to distance them. So for women, genitals and heart are very, very connected. And the more that the heart is open, the more the sex works. The more loved a woman feels the more desire she feels. 
when her heart has been hurt, as in this instance, then she's not really that interested in sex anymore. The love for someone is kind of something beyond that. But when I've been emotionally hurt, then I don't really want to have sex with you because genitals and heart are very linked. Could this perhaps, uh, Jonty, be the reason why so many marriages you find, I mean, even yesterday we had a, a, a voice note from an ATMA who says they, they, for, for, for two years almost, they have never kissed with the wife. They just have sex as a mundane act and there's never been any real intimacy and connection. Could then maybe some sort of emotional um, dissatisfaction with your partner cause that, uh, you know, disconnect sexually as well? Mm, absolutely. I spoke to someone a little while ago. They haven't had sex for 14 years, and he won't even talk about it. So that's an almost, it's a totally impossible situation, because if somebody isn't willing to, to talk about it, to do something about it, there's nothing that you can do. And it's so sad, because a lot of people have sexless marriages. A lot of people have marriages and relationships with very little intimacy, very little affection, very little touching. And so much of that is because of some kind of hurt, some kind of trauma that has happened to us. And it takes incredible courage to heal these things. It takes incredible courage to ask for help and In South Africa, there is such a stigma about asking for help and getting help with not only emotional issues, but even deeper with sexual and relationship issues. You know, we have this this really warped perception that we're supposed to know how to do everything and how to be good lovers and how to be good wives and good husbands. And we've never really learned anything about that. And when there's been trauma, when there's been stress, we shut down and as I said, it takes courage to do that, but it's such a beautiful journey because the possibilities are so amazing of intimacy and pleasure. Now, in, in Chris's case, is there anything that Chris can do or him and his, and his partner to perhaps heal and work through this um, 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 issue that they faced? Yeah, so firstly, there needs to be a lot of discussion about it. And generally, the first part of that, so there's a, and I work a lot in the field of, 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 of something called, called neo-tantra. So that's a lot of, um, based on, on Eastern practices of sexuality. And one of the principles of neo-tantra is to be with what is. And that means that there has to be real openness of what has happened, of what Chris has done, of what his partner feels, um, everything around that real open discussion of the feelings of the thoughts, everything around that. And from there you can actually start to heal. Very often there's some kind of, of forgiveness involved. And then there's a process of starting to reconnect sensually, not sexually, but to reconnect sensually. So sensuality um, is much more about intimacy. Mm. It's about learning to, to look into each other's eyes. There's a beautiful practice called eye gazing, where you sit and look into each other's eyes. 
um, beautiful practices of touching each other's hands and faces. And slowly, the barriers that have built up begin to melt, and then sex can flow as a natural extension of that. So it's a question of learning what to do with each other. And of course it can be healed if both part- partners are willing. And then we also have the, the, the flip side uh, where you find um, people who are not in uh, relationships but find some sort of relief or some sort of affirmation by having sex with multiple partners without any commitment. Is this, oh. and they're called no strings attached, but is this some sort of um, ailment that needs to be healed? Being able no, to open me. yourself up to so many people without committing? Because obviously no, you can't say there's emotion there. No, it's not an ailment. Um, a lot of times, so it's not, it's not a really simple one, two, three thing. Yeah. And for me, the power of sex is in the intimacy and in the connection. Anything else is just physical. So what we call friction sex. So you want to have sex with lots of people and it's all about the orgasm. For some people, it's about seducing. For some people, it's about conquering. It's all sorts of things like that. A lot of that is never going to be fulfilling. So the fulfillment comes with connection and intimacy. And there's no ailment in that. It simply means that people are not willing to be vulnerable, that they're not willing to have a connection. And, you know, there's enormous pressure in our society that everybody has to be in a relationship. You don't have to be in a relationship if you don't choose to be. But it needs to come from a place of understanding yourself and why you're making the choice that you make. And a lot of people who are having a lot of sex with a lot of people are doing it without understanding themselves. And that's a problem. There's no question of that. And uh, could people who are facing this, John T, be able to come for um, classes as well to perhaps heal sexually? Sure. Anybody can. Mm. Men, women, um, young, old, gay, straight, bi, everybody. Mm. It's, it's, the, the world of conscious sexuality is for everybody. We are talking to John T. Cyril, who's a conscious sexuality practitioner, and uh, we we are finding more uh, finding out more about Eros life and how we can heal sexually. I've got um, SMSs here. The one is from Kanyaho uh, in Mokopane, and Kanyaho is asking, um, "What is the difference between sex and making love?" Well, it's also it's a great question. So, sex is generally defined as a goal-oriented genital activity. And the goal of that is usually an orgasm. So you and your partner are in bed, and hopefully everybody has an orgasm, and that's pretty much what sex is. Making love, and this is quite interesting, I actually um, gave a webinar earlier tonight, and this idea came up, and I'm not sure if we can actually make love. I think love is there. I think we can experience more love, um, and we can bring more love to the surface, and we can bring more love within each other. That's kind of a, a, a digression. Making love is much more about intimacy and tenderness and connection. So one of the elements of that is 
maybe that kind of sex is not about an orgasm. Maybe that kind of sex involves a lot more looking into each other's eyes. Maybe that kind of sex is more about breathing and being really slow with each other. Um, a lot more communication, maybe. And those would be some of the differences. And then here we have Anonymous who says um, they are based in Eastern Cape and says um, he's struggling sexually and he believes it's because that he did excessive masturbation for more than 10 years and he thinks he damaged his penile muscles because it's hard for him to get an erection and uh, he ejaculates early. What can he do? Is there help for him? Yeah, absolutely. Um so firstly, it's doubtful that excessive masturbation is going to cause something like that. Um, could he have damaged some muscles? Absolutely, that's possible. But it's doubtful that excessive masturbation was going to cause that. The early ejaculation probably happened quite a long time ago, or it's probably, I'm guessing here, it's probably been happening for quite a long time. And a lot more men struggle with this than will acknowledge it. So a lot of that is emotional. A lot of that is about seeing sex as being stressful more than relaxing. Um, So learning to relax during sex becomes so, so important. Because as soon as you relax and as soon as you slow your breathing down, your whole body relaxes. So that stress cycle and that overexcitement can dissipate a little bit. Then it's also learning to move energy in your body. So if you think of male sexuality is expressed outwards and the ejaculation happens outwards, energy builds up really quickly and it's got nowhere else to go. And if there's a lot of tension in his pelvic floor muscles, which it sounds like there is, so when he's saying that um, he's damaged the muscles, I think the muscles might just be overly tense and learning to relax those muscles, working with massage with pressure points to relax them immediately starts to change that. Um, But it's important to understand this, that a lot of these sexual issues take some time to heal because we need to look at the mind, we need to look at the body, and a lot of them have been there for a long time. They didn't happen in five minutes. So it does take some time and some willingness to work through these issues. MM says, uh, hi Patricia, for me as a man, I kind of switch off sex when I'm hurt. And um, this is also something that is quite, uh, um, you know, quite normal, I think. When you are not feeling okay, you you wouldn't want to be intimate. No, we don't. Because when we're hurt and when we're emotionally hurt, we want to protect ourselves. So we close down. So being intimate, being vulnerable, being open um, is really difficult in that space. What's interesting is that if we can acknowledge how we're feeling when we feel hurt, it creates incredible connection with the partner. Um, And being that vulnerable is, is hard for a lot of people and it's really difficult for a lot of men. But when we can do that, the connection with our partners becomes so beautiful and so strong. And the sex that flows from that is absolutely amazing because of the openness that we both feel. Good evening, Patricia and the guest. My name is Anonymous. I do agree with the the guest 100%. That sometimes you have sex. It even happens to me sometimes. 
I'm having sex with my partner, but my mind is not there. Or it's the other way around. I will see that my partner, her mind is not there, but we are having sex. So how best can we be there? What, what is the problem that takes away your mind from the action or from enjoying the sex? How can we be helped? Thanks, Anonymous. That's really, really a good question. So the first thing is, instead of closing your eyes, look into each other's eyes. So most of us kiss, we have sex with our eyes closed. As soon as you look into your partner's eyes, you're going to be a whole lot more present. The next thing that you can do is start to slow everything down. Slow your movements down. Just move slower and a little bit slower. And immediately you start to feel more. When you feel more, you become more present. And then breathe deeper. Instead of letting that breathing... So for most people, sex is a contractive experience. As you get close to orgasm, your muscles get tight, your breathing gets quick, and you have this big explosion and you scream or shout. Or if you're quiet type, you just go, ooh, that was nice, and that's all. When you slow everything down and you start relaxing, you'll feel more. And as soon as you feel more, you'll be more present. And that's what we want. We want to be present. Um, we want to enjoy fully the moment. Uh, we are talking uh, to John T. Serrell, who is conscious sexuality practitioner, and he runs Eros Life. And we are trying to make sure that you and I heal sexually and also start to become more intimate and sensual with ourselves and our partners. This is SFM Late Night Conversations. You can still send those SMSs to 41391 or WhatsApp 0614104107. You can call on 011-714-4045. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. And um, the more the couple gets in tuned with themselves and their breathing patterns as to what the body language means and the breathing you find that um your your sexual organ energy also you can latch on to and feel and it grows more the more you involve um tantric meditation that's when you can redirect that energy from your sexual organ to another organ to another organ and kind of manipulate your partner as well to kind of go on the same ride with you. But then there has to be an open window whereby the manipulation is invited. Hence, you have to learn each other's breathing first. My goodness, our A-teamers are practitioners of note, giving us experience, experiential knowledge there. Jonty, um, agreeing with you there, that's an A-teamer on the breathing patterns and, and also manipulating certain elements of our sexual lives so that we can flow together and enjoy. Absolutely. Um, and that's so beautiful to hear. Um, so firstly, I understand the the, the the use of the word manipulation. Um, it's not a great word in this context, but I fully fully get it. Um, when we see sex being more about energy than about the bodies, that's where so much changes. 
When we see sex being more of a heart experience, that's where so much changes. So sex, if you think about sex, sexual energy builds up in your body, it builds up in your genitals. It's one of the most powerful forces that we have. It's our life force and our creative energy and our vitality. Because it's so powerful, we can learn to, to move that through the body so we can connect with our heart. We can move that up to our heart. We can, from there, we can connect it with our partner's heart energy. And the intimacy and the connection that opens with that is absolutely amazing. And then we can go even higher to connect that to the spiritual centers at the top of our heads and kind of connect that with, with life and, and the cosmos. And that becomes so beautiful. That's kind of the, the higher levels of, of sexuality and a sexual experience. And it is so beautiful to hear people talking about that. It's wonderful. Well, I think uh, after hearing that voice note, a lot of uh, people are probably asking and praying for a partner just like that. <laughs> Let's go to the lines. We've got Felicity. Good evening, Felicity. How are you doing? The show would never end without me calling. Listen, not I enjoy hearing from you, Atima. Topic. And not when you've got such a crisp and knowledgeable guest. Thank you very much for bringing that gentleman. Um have been meaning to call, but every time I tried to pick up the phone, you know, he would say something that just made me glued and wanted to listen and wanted to learn. And from this conversation, I've learned that um, you mentioned sexless marriages. Your name is your name, John T, sir. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yes, John T. You you said something about people being in sexless marriages. And after today's conversation, I don't think anybody should be in a sexless marriage because it's not about the shape of the body. It's not about how many stripes of war a woman has. It's not about, you know, how big the belly is and so on. But it is all about moving as one and and, and connecting. If we can have a joint bank account, surely we can have a a joint session when we're sharing our bodies. So thank you for this conversation. It was, was very enlightening. Thank you thank so you. very much, Felicity. You know, um, Felicity, I want to ask you something. As a woman, and you've mentioned uh, the, the war stripes and you've mentioned the belly, <laughs> do you think those are some of the things that keep women um, closed up sexually? The fact that we are so conscious of our physical bodies? I cannot have a certain body and then 25 years later, it changes. And then eight to nine years down the line, I must just accept that this body has changed. It, it, the problem is that we, we have not yet accepted the changes and, and these new bodies you know, that came with the bundles of joy, you know. We, we have not accepted it. And that's why we find it hard to believe when men say, that stuff doesn't matter. So I'm busy trying to tuck in my tummy here, and you know he's busy trying to pleasure me. <laughs> Those are some of the hindrances that you get. Mm, very true. Very true. Because honestly speaking, uh, body issues, body image issues, they do play a part. You know, you you can't have boobs that are bouncing and then. Something happens, and then a year later, 
your boobs aren't bouncing and you must just be okay with it. It's, it's a process. Thank you very much, Felicity. Um, you've given us a, a, some good insight. Uh, Jonti, um, c- could you come in here? In, in terms of this whole body image thing, when you start working on someone uh, who has body image issues that are hindering their sexual lives, do you need them to come in as an individual or do you need them to come in as partners? Because it, 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 the, the issue is my issue if I don't like the way my boobs hang. But my partner is the one who also gets hindered because he might not in, enjoy my experience. Mm. So, firstly, that's absolutely uh, in, in, in what Felicity said is fabulous. There's so much truth in that. And, you know, the media has given us such a distorted image of bodies and it's created so much pressure around the way that our body should look and taste and smell and feel and all of that. And I don't know quite what the limitations on, on SAFM on language are, but it's so much bullshit. Um, and when we take ourselves back from that and we say that I am beautiful regardless of how my body looks, so much starts to change. But we have to get that deep inside. And a lot of that is our own personal journey. It's not about our partners. Um, Yes, our partners can do things that support that journey, but a lot of that is about ourselves. It's about us, not anyone else. Before I let you go, there's there's an issue that always, um, you know, and especially because I'm a, I'm a woman, and I, I think it's one issue that I do understand. Why is it that women in general find it difficult to have to reach orgasm when they're with a partner, but if they are masturbating, they will reach orgasm? And mm. how do you help a woman who experiences such? Yeah, it's a great thing. And there's so much truth in it, and it does impact on so many women. So the biggest thing about having an orgasm with someone else is that you have to let go. So you have to let go. You have to not be concerned with how you look, about what your body does, about the noises that you make, about the fact that as a woman you might squirt or ejaculate, um, that you might really scream or shout, that you might have really small orgasms, that it might take as long as it takes you. So a lot of it is about being willing to be emotionally invested in your orgasm and in that moment. Um, Because on your own, you don't have to be vulnerable. There's nothing. It's just you. So that's one of the biggest parts of it. And then there's the patterning in the body that if you're not, if you struggle to have orgasms, a lot of the tissues in your body, in your genitals, are actually often sitting with emotional issues guilt, shame, embarrassment, um, trauma, things from like being touched in a way that wasn't loving and honorable, having sex when you didn't want to have sex, all of that causes blockage in the genitals. So working with the heart and with the body to release that. Sometimes there's a lot of, of, of genital body work, something called yoni massage. So yoni is the, the tantric term for female genitals for the vagina. It means sacred space, sacred place, and helping release the tension that's there and understanding and really owning your your right to have orgasms any way you want with whoever you want. Um, and a lot of that is, is deeply emotional. 
Hmm. Now, I, I've got a lot of messages here, John, asking for your contact details. And I hope we'll be able to speak to you again because there's a lot of stuff that I think we have not explored. For instance, uh, uh, you know, how do we go about, um, uh, you know, going through the touching of the body, tantric uh, massaging. How do we go about understanding that? I'd love to talk about uh, an article that you wrote, uh, The Pleasure That We Fear. So please do give us more of your time in future. Sure, that's certainly possible. Okay, that's excellent. And for those who want to be in touch with you, those who want to go through this process with you of sexual healing, um, how do they get in touch? Site is www eroslife.co.za E-R-O-S-L-I-F-E and my um, email address is jonti J-O-N-T-I at eroslife.co.za and that's the easiest way and I love to share and to help um, I produce a lot of content there's a lot of stuff on social media and it's just so important because it can make a difference in so many people's lives and I I thank you again for the opportunity to share. Thank you so very much, uh, Jonti. And the A-teamers are very happy. They're saying you are awesome. And yes, I do agree with them. This has been a very informative and awesome and healing process. That's why I would love to have you back on the show uh, in the near future. Have a blessed morning. Thank you. That's beautiful. You too. And I wish everybody just so much pleasure. Thank you very much, John T. A-teamers, that's how we round off the show. Listen, the headache, uh, it, it, it is gone. <laughs> Uh, because of you, A-teamers, thank you for the prayers and the well wishes and uh, the advice of not eating chocolate. Well, I haven't had chocolate in a while, but yeah, thank you very much for that. But I want to thank our guest. My goodness, did you know there was so much healing needed for you and I to have great sexual experiences? Well, there you have it. Let us heal, let us heal and not allow our gentle areas to harbor uh, blockages because of our guilt and shame and other issues. A-teamers, this is the last day of the show. It's Friday already, three minutes after midnight. Please remember that from 3 a.m. until 5 a.m., sound awake with the, the legendary Mandla Shongwe. So make sure you tune into that. But we'll be back together again uh, Monday at uh, 10 p.m. In the meantime, we can talk on social media platforms, right? At Patricia N. Nduli or at SFM Radio. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.